Radio after Free Speech Radio News. And remember, tonight at 7 o'clock, following the evening news, La Raza Chronicles. Don't miss it. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, hell and high water indeed. I'm telling you, high water hit Haiti, oh gosh, when was it? Two years ago, those three hurricanes barely recovered from that and now the hell. Holy hell has descended. Uh, I I can't catch my breath. I, I see that I should be... Reading to you from the diaries of Sophie Tolstoy today. Uh, Sophie was the wife of Leo Tolstoy, you remember, that Russian who wrote War and Peace. I thought, oh, that's timely. There's a new movie about this couple called The Last Station with Ellen Mirren and Chris Plummer. Uh, (laughs) They have at each other for the length of a feature film, but I was reading over it this morning and somehow... The pain of marital anguish, well, I guess it's still painful, it's always there, but I get the funny feeling at the base of my spine that our century seems to have graduated. We're operating on a different plane, the pain on a scale that... Well, it has been matched in history. I keep telling myself that. Uh, Bill Clinton keeps reminding people that Rwanda recovered after a decade. And I keep thinking about the great plagues and all that stuff. Let's see how many millions died in the flu epidemic after World War One. The truth is that mankind... Uh, well... It's just that I guess we need to forget. I've decided that it's okay. Uh, The mass media (laughs) rushing, rushing to tell us to get closure. My God, we haven't buried the dead. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess it's a human instinct to just keep yelling, life must go on, life must go on. I, for one, think that it is only decent to spend some time to bury the dead. The dignity of the people in Haiti has been awe-inspiring to me. I, I can't, I can't believe the grace under pressure. Uh, they have, what is that? Uh, it isn't, it isn't stoicism. It's just that, you know, they've been handed this reality sandwich and somehow or another they're dealing with it. Uh, I, I've heard so many uh, 
what is it, uh, generic media men saying, oh, we have to worry about the looting and the violence and all that. I think they need that for excitement as something to do with the way we do the news these days. And Bill Clinton tried to um, stop that uh, line of uh, inquiry. He said he thought that they were acting rather well, considering what they'd been through and that they were stumbling in the dark all night, tripping over bodies that could be alive or dead and that they hadn't had uh, any sleep to say nothing of any food or water uh i i don't know i i'm one of those fools who stands in the living room screaming at television uh c-span's pretty good al jazeera i keep saying to myself the french the french should pay the bills get get busy Great God Almighty, the Haitian people have been paying reparations to France for generations. Uh, according to Ted Koppel, payments ended only in 1947, after World War II. Up to then, France demanded that Haiti pay through the nose the cost, yes, the cost of the loss of their slaves. They considered the slaves in the islands their property property of French masters and you know the Haitian slave colony rebelled took their freedom from the French uh, drove away Napoleon's army and they did it unaided talk about uh, heroic guerrilla warfare they were the first in our hemisphere to do this to demand their rights uh, maybe that's where some of that dignity and depth comes from uh Oh, these West Indian folks, these Caribbean poets. I think of Cuba, Cuba's struggle in the 20th century. Must be something down there in that atmosphere. Uh, Haiti's struggle against the colonial powers goes back centuries, and the legacy of their oppression left the nation impoverished. We are always hearing how Haiti is the poorest nation. Uh, we know all of the racist, uh, mean-spiritedness that uh, we saw when, oh, the last time Haitians were washed up on our shores and they were treated so unkindly. Uh, now, if they had kept all the resources, the, the, the money and the... Uh, uh, material resources that they used to pay off France, you know, their country would be entirely different today. And, of course, everybody who pays attention to these matters knows that we here in the uh, United States, in North America, we have a great debt to pay. The wicked regime, you will remember, they ousted Aristide and... Uh, I think that the United States owes the people of Haiti uh, subsistence. Oh, and why not bring Aristide back? He was interviewed. Uh, I think I caught him on a radio station indicating that he was happy to return, ready to come back. Is it possible? Just imagine. I got a picture. Hillary and Bill Clinton getting on a plane, going to Pretoria. That's where Aristide is living, I think. Pretoria in South Africa, right? Yeah. And bring him home with his entourage and his family and make it a family reunion. 
80 is much more than our neighbor. Oh, let's see. There are at least a million Haitians living here in the United States. No. There is a plan afoot to let 600 orphans come directly right away. Uh, I saw a film of an orphanage in Port-au-Prince. The kids were being processed and uh, apparently about 600 of them have families uh, lined up in the United States, uh, but the paperwork was all lost in the rubble. So hopefully Hillary will be able to bypass the red tape, you know, cut the red tape and make the uh, old order uh, expedite these kids. Uh, apparently the director of the orphanage was shown saying that they were pouring in more of them and he had no place to put them, of course. Uh these 600 kids, I guess, could be airlifted at once. And I kept asking myself, screaming at the TV, is why not the severely injured as well? I saw uh, European women being airlifted to Miami. Why not any children that are hurt? Why not get them to the closest hospital? Uh, I've been waiting for decades for some kind of organization i used to think of it as maybe we could call it a green cross remember when we hoped that the un would do it <laughs> someone said today the un is now down there with their guns not their shovels i had hoped that the 21st century would see uh this uh, first responder group you know um we know that these disasters aren't going to stop what is the use of all our military might? Uh, the Cubans seem to know how to do that, to do uh, one thing with the right hand and another thing with the left. With all our so-called know-how, I would think that the first response teams could be ready to take off in a matter of hours. I couldn't figure out why it was five days before the parachutes were dropped. Uh, you know how that is, uh, Instant adjustment is more than the military can handle. I don't know um, how to turn on a dime and make change. Change tactics on the spot. Of course, when a disaster is as gigantic as this one, there's no hope to save everyone. But to leave human beings without help, without any response for more than five days... I can only conclude that as it was in the aftermath of Katrina, our government is not completely motivated, not entirely moved to save lives at any expense. It's that political will problem, you know. Uh, people are already starting to mutter about whether or not immigration policies should change. Uh, if we take total responsibility for the disaster, then should we um, bring the broken bodies here to our country? Yes, of course we should. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you remember Barbara Bush, uh, that charming lady. <laughs> she pointed out that natural disasters can be such a blessing, you know. <laughs> 
get those things sorted. Yes, clean it out. It's one way to gentrify, simply condemn the neighborhood. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. That sort of thing is happening all over the globe. Um, it differs from place to place. Uh, in Louisiana, I seems to me it's a land grab for the most part. Uh, a way to, uh, rid the damaged places of the people who remain there. You know, get rid of the survivors, obviously. They're not able to take care of themselves. They can't retrench or rebuild. They can't bring back the economy, infrastructure, the homes, and so forth. They have to leave that to the rich. Better to take it away from them and do it right. Now, Bill Clinton did say some fairly hopeful things. I I hope to God uh, they will be expedited uh, over and over. We see these things happening, the condemned um, condemned places, public housing projects, parks, public wreck, yes. Uh, I think of Afghanistan, the poor people, you know, uh, they don't know how to cultivate their garden, and besides, they don't have the equipment, and besides, they don't have the investment capital. <laughs> it would seem that the United States military may very well end up occupying uh, large parts of Haiti. I just kept thinking, let's see, if the same night, let's say, Quake was on Tuesday, if by Wednesday they had got those helicopters up, they could have gotten at least the body bags, the tents, the dry goods on the ground, uh, they say that one-third of the population of Haiti has been undone by this quake. Uh, that's three million people. In the short term, I won't be surprised to see many Haitians just grateful for the occupation. It might mean their bare minimum survival. What it will mean in ten years... That is another story altogether. Uh, I just watched and thought how extremely, what I don't know what to say, beautiful, beautiful, were some of the images. I kept using the name of a woman, Jeanette it was. Her husband was uh, digging her out of the rubble. They finally got some water down to her, and after five days, they pulled Jeanette out of the rubble on the ground, and they asked her if she thought that she would live through this, and she said, why not? Yes, and why not? Uh, shall we not sing as the night comes on? There are some healers, um, medicine men, doctors, who think that singing, making sounds, has a very strong healing effect. Uh, let's face it, screams become redundant at a certain point. I can remember being in severe pain and realizing that screaming wasn't getting me anywhere. And I began to, I guess, hum, make a loud keening noise. That's what it is. Yes, maybe it's keening. That's what the Irish uh, call it. Uh, wailing is what the... Greek chorus does, right, it's a sound anyway. It means that the life spirit is still still going. Uh, 
of course, words, language is absolutely useless because the conditions are unspeakable. Uh, naming the horrors is more than most of us can stand. I, uh, I noticed that most of my friends could not look even at the television pictures. Uh, the fact that cadavers, human beings can be treated like like trash, like garbage thrown about, like I thought of the pictures uh, after the Holocaust, uh, uh, people thrown down in the streets with barely uh, cloth to cover them. Uh, it all looked like broken furniture. Imagine your own children in that condition and the desperate relatives trying to find some remnant um I understand that it is the custom in Haiti to bury the dead. Uh, cremation uh, has certainly become a necessity. I can't help but feel sorry for all those people who know that their family members are in a uh, mass grave somewhere. Why, 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 why? Uh, couldn't the helicopters deliver body bags the first night? Never mind. Uh, I heard one military officer saying that parachutes were considered dangerous. He thought they would cause riots, you know, if there were food drops and so forth. Uh, I'm sorry, that that's pretty dumb. Surely uh, the uh, helicopter drops should have begun the first day. Uh, I heard this morning, I, these rumors float around, don't. Uh, double check anything I say because I heard that uh, the uh, the people from Doctors Not Borders had been refused permission to land at the airport. I think maybe that has changed by now, but they had to come in through the Dominican Republic, apparently. Uh, Paul Farmer is in charge of a lot of that stuff. Uh, Bill Clinton described his wife, uh, that is the Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, as distraught. Uh, we know that the United Nations offices were crushed, smashed, and many of the people there were killed. Uh, it's all very well to say, you know, why wasn't there help? Well, because most of the hospitals were in uh, a shambles in rubble. Uh, so no one is to be blamed for anything here. Uh, I think that what is needed, of course, is everyone's best efforts. I keep hearing mass media people saying, well, who's in charge? Who's in charge? Where's the triage? Where's the uh, uh, hierarchy of, uh, you know, uh, bosses? Who's giving the orders? <laughs> Bill Clinton does seem to be in the, well, he's on the front line down there, but uh, as we know, watching our president, eh, struggling, yes, uh, one man can only do so much. What we have here is a nation of people with the kind of courage and will, uh, they will do it, no one else will. Uh, hopefully, they will get all the help possible tomorrow. On these airwaves, we will be having a fundraiser, and you can call in and make donations. You know, you can always mail checks to kpfa.org and put kpfa slash Haiti on your check. Uh, KPFA is at 1929 Martin Luther King Way in Berkeley, 94704, and the money will get to... Um, 
Paul Farmer will get to Doctors Without Borders. To all the uh, sane people, I, of course, uh, understand that uh, there's been a great outpouring of cash help to begin with. What will matter, of course, is what happens in six months or a year. Uh, I guess I think that Haiti, like, um, oh, you know, like Mexico, is such a close neighbor. And the welfare of those people is so intertwined with our own that we should take on this task as if it was a member of, as if they were members of our family. Uh, and as the great Bertolt Brecht once said, first feed the face and then talk right and wrong. Uh, I wrote only one letter to the local media saying, I'm not interested in the looters. If somebody took some food out of a store, thank God they got it. <laughs> Apparently, some people who were buried in the rubble, buried in the the uh, uh, collapsed buildings of supermarkets, they at least had food and water and survived. Uh, let us hope that the people on the ground are finding food any way they can and that they can get the subsistence issues taken care of. Uh, I can't imagine anything worse than being without water as one man said he said we don't need the food we can wait for the food but we must have water or we will die uh it looks as if it's going to be a long haul just to keep the population alive creative solutions are needed i, I keep wondering where the geniuses are you know all of these brilliant techie people uh <laughs> i I made a list of the good stuff. Thank God it isn't the hottest time of the year. Thank God it's not raining. Tent cities can function for the moment a little bit. Health clinics, safe food and water, all that stuff uh, can be got uh, helicoptered in. Uh, we know that this is not the last time we're going to be faced with this good stuff. Uh, all I can think of is the need for, if not mourning, at least a recognition of this incredible loss. Uh, a quarter of a million people, I keep saying that over and over again, 100,000, 150,000, 200,000, and now they say perhaps a quarter of a million souls have left the earth. That's a lot of soul plasma floating around. Uh, <laughs> I looked at T.S. Eliot in the wee hours, I always do, Ash Wednesday. And God said, prophesy to the wind, to the wind only, for only the wind will listen. Blessed sister, holy mother, spirit of the fountain, spirit of the garden, suffer us not to mock ourselves with falsehood. Teach us to care and not to care. Teach us to sit still. Even among these rocks, our peace, peace, even among these rocks, sister, mother, spirit of the river, spirit of the sea, suffer me not to be separated let my cry come on to thee once again, yes, not to be separated. 
that is always the first need not to separate ourselves from the suffering but to be part of it uh, I don't know uh, how I will behave when my turn comes I think about that a lot <laughs> I was watching some Japanese engineers recently they were putting together what well I guess they called them life boxes I thought of them as lifeboats kind of land rafts uh, survival survival boxes something to live in uh, until until the, until the water goes down crazy to think about such things uh, they do have these little kits now uh, I saw something the other day special shoes and socks for the homeless, of course, in our time, this business of homelessness, of internal refugees, this business, it's growing and growing. And it's mostly uh, a political situation, you know. Being destitute is punishment for not belonging to one of the tough nations, for not having the guns, uh, you know, when the powers that be, when the agencies that control the resources, uh, when they decide to give uh, protection, that's when you're a citizen, folks, you know. I think in our country, you're a citizen if you got a job. Uh, trying to funnel resources and money to those most in need, uh, this is a daily problem. Uh, it is past time, past time to come up with some really clever, clever solutions. Uh, I keep thinking, I, I like the, the, uh, the people who do the house sits, squatters they call them, yes. We need, we need to have people who have the courage to simply, uh, take back the land. Legal changes will come, but I think maybe we need to be a little bold. I think of the folks at Food Not Bombs. <laughs> yes. First feed the face and then talk right and wrong. Uh, the first effort, I suppose, for those of us here in Berkeley should be to work on increases in HUD, the spending for HUD. Write to Congressman. I keep writing letters. I like to write to the president's wife and the president's mother-in-law. HUD subsidies. Yes, they've been cut by more than half. Oh, yes. Way, way down. Way, way down. This can't continue. Federal subsidies supporting low-income housing. That's the way to go. They tell us the state of California is broke. What they mean is that they refuse to tax the rich. Uh, the uh, Federal government, I suppose, will have to bail us out, but I know that ever since Proposition 13, uh, uh, well, that broke the back of our California infrastructure, and ever since then, uh, we've been uh, sitting with the begging bowl. Uh, when prisons cost more than schools, well, then uh, we know that we're on the down, down scale, down spin. A community that punishes before it educates. That is what my mother called sadism. <laughs> the prison guards have the most powerful union. You know, they've got the big money to elect the boys in Sacramento. 
Turning things around means a change in fundamental values, the same old progressive agenda. As far as I can tell, the spirit we need for that, well, the spirit always descends in song. I think of the wonderful woman in Haiti who was singing. Is there any other choice? Shall we not sing as the night comes on? Shall we not sing in the dark? Yes. Pale beyond porch and portal, crowned with calm leaves. Persephone stands and gathers all things mortal with her cold, immortal hands. And all the ancient songs, passing to the swallow blue halls by the, bu- by the dark stream of Persephone. This one only remains that we turn to thee, death, that we turn to thee singing one last song. This has been Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on the air Thursday morning at 8.20. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Drop the shadow out of It's Amy Ellison from the KPFA Morning Show. Join me and Philip Muldry every weekday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. where you'll hear the latest news, views, and hottest entertainment from around the world and around the Bay. So wake up with us every morning right here at KPFA and KFCF in Fresno. Your comments and story ideas are welcome, so email us at morningshow at kpfa.org.